Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Actors, in many ways, are on a course specifically like almost perfectly designed to destroy the ego that to to keep sane and do well in this job i think you have to transcend the ego um well because the innate nature nature of the re- constant rejection the rejection the uh, scrutiny um and that ultimately you you're it's it's never about you it's never about who you are it's the it, it, you know it, the audience's interpretation of 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 character is ne- it's it's got very little to do with um who you might be like i like to think i'm quite a nice person welcome to a lot to learn with austin rogers for the guy who knows everything he's still got a lot to learn when i had set out to conduct this interview with up-and-coming British actor Chris Webster. I thought it would be the typical story of navigating L.A., auditions, etc. Instead, what happened was a strange coincidence, a strange confluence of momentous events happening nearly simultaneously. You see, the day beforehand, Chris had a potentially pivotal career event happen to him. And the very morning before I interviewed Chris... A potentially life-changing career event happened to me, for I had just come from interviewing Mr. Alex Trebek at his home. So what follows is a conversation about two guys who just had something really big happen to them and trying to figure out what that means, where we came from, and where we're going. Enjoy this interview with actor Chris Webster. Welcome, 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 welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast and we listen to podcasts whenever we might. Perhaps you are in an absolutely lovely Airbnb backyard little bungalow house in... I don't even know what neighborhood this is called of Los Angeles, but the sky is blue, the foliage is green, and the astroturf is spongy. And thus we are here with an excellent up-and-coming actor, Chris Webster. Chris, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, my God. That was the most dulcet. This is, by the way, a very sexy gentleman with, <laughs> with piercing blue eyes, amazing hair, and you heard the voice. Just say that one more time. Hello. Thank you very much. <laughs> way better. Uh, you may, and you may want to, uh, flash back to one of our prior episodes after this to hear uh, a conversation I had with uh, Chris's lovely wife, uh, Dr. Lambine on um, on crazy dark stuff. Yeah, and uh, that sort of touches on you too on why you uh, went into acting. Uh, you got a little bit of a dark side. <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, like I started acting when I was about seven, so I don't think I had too much of a dark side. Like <laughs> when I was doing the Sorcerer's Apprentice, can I swear? You can. You can swear. I don't see. I don't see why not. No, I just. I just wanted to set some ground rules. Yeah. No, please. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm not, okay. Let's. When you swear, it's it's in that accent. Therefore, it's charming. When I swear, it's a uh, gauche and uh, and it's just it's just nasty. Right. Okay. Um, 
uh, seven years old. I was seven years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this what I do? Do I do, do I do I do I tell you like why? Yeah. Well, because everyone wants to know. Because we're going to talk later with Chris, and because he has had that pivotal moment that everyone hopes for in a creative career. Uh, but let's potentially. Get, yeah. le- potentially. Well, let's get them there. So you weren't always the dark brooding actor. You no. were a seven-year-old uh, boy. I. I I grew up, um, yeah, I grew up in the British countryside. I was born in Luton, um, and uh, which is a horrible place in the southeast of England, um, but it just happened to be where I was incarnated in this particular life. Um, I, grew up, I grew up in the British countryside, and I, I had an idyllic sort of childhood in, in many ways. I was, I was, it, was, it was a very beautiful part of the country, and I grew up in a lovely old house. And, yeah, I remember, um, I remember the first role I had was as one of the three kings um, in the play. Ah, originally, though, I was going to be an angel. And I, even when I was five, obviously the, the male ego had kicked in at that point because <laughs> I remember thinking, I'm, I'm not an angel. I'm a bloke. Like, like I, I had this idea that angels were all... Obviously, my biblical studies weren't sufficient to know that Gabriel and all those chaps were actually dudes. Right. In my head, I was like, oh, no, I, need to, I, need to, I need to play something more, more macho than this. And I, I, I managed to bag... I think some kid that was sick was uh, like one of the three kings. And I was one of the three kings. I remember I walked in. I was so excited. I remember that particular day, all the kids lining up. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And we're all in our costumes and I just remember thinking the thought um, and I'm not it, this isn't hyperbole like it really is true I just remember thinking like this is this is this, this is it all about. yeah this is what it's all about man like the pageantry the um, the ritual of it um, how pointless it was like, like do you know what I mean like, like but, but it, it, suddenly it was everything and I got like a little costume and it was the 80s or the early 90s so it wasn't politically correct so I think somebody put a tea towel over my head so I looked like I was you know vaguely Arab <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah yeah um, uh, yeah we did that sort of stuff back then um, and uh, yeah and I remember I had like, a pillow and I had like a tin which had the frankincense we're supposed to have the frankincense in and I walked in and the first thing I did was uh, was fucking was drop it um, tin, tin like was banging around and I just burst into tears <laughs> that's my first, first experience in the uh, so the first role uh, well that was a critical <laughs> bust <laughs> but there but, but but the magic and the pageantry and that sort of thing stuck with you totally um, still does, yeah, still well, does. well I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't because this actor life as it there's all this there's hashtags and there's actor life hashtags and uh there's so many programs on even stand-up comedy or musicians or actors that breaking through but that daily grind for year upon year upon year when it just all looks dark forever and ever and ever yet you keep doing it now some people keep doing it and it becomes this oh sad spectacle where it's like you should not you should you should have gone go just stick with waiting now. Just stick with well, being the we, waiter. We live in a town f- full of full of that yeah. who have have overstayed their welcome mm. and and it's 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 sad because they're always like well, you know, Brian Cranston got his first big role right. at age 41. Mm. 
okay, yeah, but maybe it could have gone to someone else if Brian Cranston had given up. Oh, but don't give up, but give up, but yeah. don't give up. What's this so-called hashtag actor life like? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, um, I think I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, not, not just in a kind of like existential sort of like, you know, life is experientially kind of different for every single human being, but like it, it just, just um, everybody, there's no single route into this industry. Um, so let me, let me give you a few examples. Please. Set routes in. Um, so from a British perspective, there's actually one route in, which is kind of formalized now. Um the, the typical route in is you go to one of a handful of accredited drama schools and you get um, you get plucked from the, uh, a graduating class of one of those, usually quite early on, um, so age 21 or so, maybe even, um, maybe a few years older, 23, 24. And um, you, you, from that drama school, you get access to very good representation. And there's like a, what I call the kind of like... Um, the uh, the slipstream, like the quick stream, the higher tier, basically the kind of fast road in. Right. And so they're the young people that you're starting to see sort of regularly kind of show up in like BBC dramas and in um, films and at the National Theatre and that sort of stuff. Um, and that's when, when I say that's become kind of formalised in Britain, what I mean by that is I think there was a time prior to my era in the 70s 60s 70s and 80s because i've met actors that are now in their sort of 60s and 70s um and worked with them from the uk who didn't train conventionally and didn't go to drama school um and there was a flourishing kind of subsidized theater movement at that time in britain um uh where you could basically like work your way up you could work your way up in the ranks and you'd get your equity card and um and you could work steadily so this whole kind of culture of like the gigging economy of like you have to wait tables in the meantime Mm. in britain there was a a seemingly a kind of a golden age where in actual fact you could be with your mates and with little theater companies earning a kind of relatively modest living doing what you wanted to do doing what you loved and that's largely gone in, in, in England. So I'm not saying you, you have to go to drama school to be like a working actor in Britain, but my experience and the reason why I'm sit, sitting here in Los Angeles before you is, is that because I didn't go to drama school, I went to university. I was sort of raised very middle class to sort of believe. And my, my father was like very much like, you need to, you need to go and get a, get a degree in something else, some, a fallback thing. Which I understand why he did that, but um, and why that was the kind of pressure that was put on me. But it, anyway, I, I can talk about that at some other point. But um, uh, so I didn't go to drama school, and I just thought, well, hey, I want to do this. I'm good at it now. I've done a bunch of commercials by that point, and a bunch of plays. I trained in Shakespeare and and other sort of classical theatre. I want. I'm ready to do this now. There must be a way to sort of m- make this viable. Um, and by passing, by passing the right. jet stream, because exactly. you did not go into correct. the right, correct, correct. So, so, but you still got you still got some guns behind well, you. Well, you got so, some you got some uh, parts under your belt. Correct. And and I worked I worked when I was in in Britain, but by basically going to source and writing to agents and just being like, um, hey, this is these are my credentials. This is what I've done. These are the companies that I've been involved with. Like, I'd really like to get an opportunity. 
I found it very, very difficult to get... Um, I had a couple of really, really wonderful people that repped me and punched above their weight, but it was very, very difficult to get sort of into bigger rooms and into rooms, basically, which I could earn a living from. Mm-hmm. So um, ultimately, that was one of the one of the contributing reasons why I came to LA. So that's my particular kind of route into what you were asking about. Um, in this country, and, and, and the kind of people you were referring to, there's way more of a... Um, the insidious thing about Los Angeles and I think about acting in this city in general is that those stories are true like there are people hell man I did it like I drove from I moved to I I got my green card I set up in Virginia for a couple months to sort my paperwork out and then my wife and I piled our car up our 2002 Solara with um, belongings and we drove it across the country and we showed up and we didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. within three weeks okay now I uh, you know I'd been a working actor in Britain but within three weeks I had a tier of management and people repping me and believing me which I had never had access to in, in, in the UK right and you know I'd tested for a, a pilot within four months um, maybe even less um, and I, you know I put my first job within you know 18 months and it was a decent series regular job on, on AMC and it was with um, Jamie Bell who's a wonderful actor and a oh I love Jamie he's Bell a great, he's a great man yeah and he's really really nice dude did not know did not know he was English until I saw behind yeah. the scenes on right. um, I, uh, uh, Battlestar. Yeah, and he's, he's, yeah. Just English. he's from like he's from the Northeast. I know, like, right? So I'm like uh, uh, Captain uh, Captain Lee Adama. Yeah. You know, I'm like you're the coolest guy on earth. Yeah. So so those so what I'm trying to say is is that because of because LA seemingly is more of an open market than, for instance, London, which is a very kind of a place of pedigree and training mm-hmm. it's a clothes shop and it's a small industry LA's massive and right now like the, the amount of content that you have going on these rags to riches stories are technically possible um, but like you said insidious in that well, the dreams the, dangled on the there sell. that anyone can do it that's the sell come here that's the sell that's, make, make the new life that's why every Uber driver you know and every every waiter you know like you know fucking everybody in this town is, is in some way if they're not trying to be an actor then they're some way trying to be a creative within the entertainment Industry. Right, and then you know you got the classic scenes, and it's played over and over again in movies and media ad nauseum. The you know the waiter goes, and by the way, Mister De Niro, hey, just take a look at this spec script I wrote for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and I could, I could imagine having like infinite modicum of celebrity achieved myself, right? I could imagine like when someone comes up to me, they don't, but if someone came up to me and be like, hey, read the script, Mm -hmm. I'd probably be like, yeah, I will. And then on the third one, I'd be like, I'll skim it. Right. And on the 45th one, I'd be like, no, I don't care. Yeah. I literally don't care. And when, and when perhaps one in every 400 is actually legible. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, right. You know, like, and, and uh, you know, that's, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but like you do, uh, I mean, uh, so a big part of living here and being a part of that community is sort of filtering out the nutters. <laughs> you want to attract the, you know, and, and it bums me out that I work in, you know, in an industry where there is a very high propensity of people who are just a bit detached from reality, you know? And so you, 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 you find your people and you find your fellow creatives because it's important to surround yourself with good people, but also with kind of quality and people you want to work with. And you do, you know, even now I get worried sometimes when someone's like, Hey, I've written this, will you read it? And the first thing I think is like, Oh my God, what am I going to say? If it's like, 
if it's terrible, do you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like you know, when they like, so do you have any notes for me? Right, right, because everyone, because everyone's got an angle yeah. or, or 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 a pitch. The first thing I always say usually uh, is when I when I get when I get a script uh, by a friend is if it's decent, I'll just uh, the first thing I'll say is like, oh my god, it's thank you, like it's such a relief. <laughs> you, oh, that you, that you gave me that you gave me a good one. That you gave me a good one. So I feel like that was a very rambling response to 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 what you are because I feel like what you're asking is like what why are people still going why are still people go, what, why are people what, still showing up is that's the exact question I feel like that should be the crux of what we talk about because that that, that that that's something for me I I I I think it's important self awareness in in everything in your life is is so important and so I I think it's I think when do you know because there's there's ego. And yes. then there's yeah, yeah. self-awareness. And there is the point where you're like, I feel that I'm on the cusp of greatness. Or I greatness, feel... Greatness, what, what does exactly, greatness mean? right? Because you can't actually wrap your head around that where you're like, the, the big thing is about to happen. And I know it because I've worked so hard and the big thing just has to happen because I've worked so hard for it. But, but life isn't fair. But, and also life doesn't work like that. Like, like I feel like we, you know, I, I, it, the the unhealthiness of that thought process is always this idea that you're missing something, and you just need that one big job, that one big role that's suddenly going to complete you and make you know your life you know make sense. And listen, I'm not taking away from the fact like I've been in positions of financial kind of like. Um, insecurity because of what I've chosen to do so there is a financial life mental health component to that of like not only will an opportunity in this field creatively fulfill me potentially and you know uh, but but also you know it's going to pay my it's going to pay my health insurance you know? yeah, right. it's going to give me health insurance you know so that, that that is a big a big part of it but I feel um I feel like in answer to your question of what are people chasing um I, I the cynical part of me wants to say, I don't think they know. And in recent years, um, because of real shit that's happened in my life, I know I have become a, thank you, I know I've become a much better actor um, as a consequence of it not being um, my career and my desire to be in this industry not being a product of my desire for ego validation of love me accept me aren't I brilliant and more um an understanding that life is short and that um to do something creative and something that you love and something that is collaborative is a, a more rewarding way to earn a living and um and be free essentially uh, than it is to slave away at something that you don't care about for the prospect of some illusory kind of security. Right, because uh, the the act of the creation, the act of the acting, is to you more fulfilling. But you you must relate to that because I mean your your life path has been you, you, like like when was the last time you punched a a, 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 a clock you know the, like uh, I, yeah i mean yeah cuz yeah I'm not slagging it off i'm not no no cause, no cause some people like my cousin i love i love the guy he he punches a clock he's a he's an attorney he hates what he does publicly says how much he hates what he does but it allows him to sort of like you know like go on vacation whenever he wants or, you know. well i can i can reflect on that and actually we're sort of of the same ilk uh, in that we don't quite we I never said 
when's the next big thing? You know, when I worked in events planning, I did that for 10 years, and I'm like, I hate this, and I always wanted to be creative. Then I got an advertising job, and I really liked it. But advertising is a fickle mistress, and I got laid off, and I got a severance. So I thought, I got this great events background, being creative and creating corporate events, and being awesome with clients, and also sort of type A and type B combined. Then I got this awesome creative experience at the ad agency. I'm like, my resume is fucking dope now. So now I'm going to get that really big creative job. I'm going to be like, you know, an executive copywriter or something like that. I'm going to write the cool ads for the cool stuff and it's going to be super cool. And a month goes by and three months go by and a year goes by and a year and a half goes by and I'm getting fourth and fifth round interviews and I think there's something I'm like, I'm on the cusp of greatness. There it is again. And my severance dwindles. And then I start going to my savings. And my savings dwindle. And then I start going to my retirement fund. And that dwindles. And now I'm like, there is no cusp of greatness. I've, I've... I've applied to 9,822 jobs and had fifth round interviews in 7,000 of them, right? And then my friends just said, do you want to bartend at our bar that you've been going to? And I go, yes, of course. And then, then my click went off. Like then I saw the spectacle. I'm like, uh, and the, uh, and all the, uh, all the fanfare because I'm like, I should have been bartending my entire life. I should have been standing behind a bar, chatting with friends and making fun of people and serving drinks and sleeping at weird hours and waking up at weird hours. So I hit my pinnacle. My next great thing was actually my fallback plan. And then I've been happy ever since. Then I went on Jeopardy and I made $100,000 or whatever. And then everything really changed. But now I know that I don't have to aspire towards that next big thing because the big thing was secondary to the thing that made me happy, which was being behind the bar in the first place. If I never went on Jeopardy and was still behind the bar right now with no podcast and no book deal and no nothing, I'd be freaking happy because I'd be behind the bar and happy. Maybe it's an irrelevant question, but the thing that springs to my mind is... um had you not said yes to the bar job from your friend, do you think you would have had the courage, freedom, uh, wherewithal um, balls to put yourself forward for Jeopardy? And I, I don't know, like, like, is that something that you would have done? Like, was was that was a, that was something I was constantly doing? I was always taking, oh, the, like yeah, a, I always took the online test. I took it ten, okay. eleven okay. times or something like that. That was just a. Again, that was a casual thing. That was like, hey, I'm pretty good at trivia. I'll just do this. Uh, no, if I, yeah, I still would have. Even if I was still unemployed, I would still have found a way to uh, take that online test and then hopefully get the in-person audition. Because I actually had an in-person Jeopardy audition nine years prior to me being on the show. So there was like a nine-year gap between me actually getting one of the in-person auditions. You take an online test, then you get an in-person audition, then you either get a phone call or you don't. I took the online test, got the in-person audition, and then mm, that was the end of it. And nine years later, I took the test, got the audition, got the phone call, come to LA. Um, so that was always there. But it was it was never it was never. There are people out there, and trust me, I know them who are like, this is my hunger, my dream, my life, my goal. That's their next big thing to be on Jeopardy. For me, it was like, hey, there's a fun thing to do. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So in a way, I'm sort of a dick because like, <laughs> like 
I got people's amazing lifelong dream, not by dumb luck, obviously by talent, but yeah. because it was a casual thing. I'll just I mean, take the like, online test, right? The life's full of, I mean, like my day, my day job that um, that, that I, I I do to stop myself from going mad and also just secure like a, a, a regular income is I'm I'm actually an editor of a, a newspaper back in uh, the UK, a trade magazine, and I have been for about three or four years now. And um, journalism is really hard to get into. Um, journalism is impossible super, to get super into. Super hard to get into. And so yeah, I've been in that situation before where I'm at like conferences and stuff and <laughs> just just by sheer accident I'm sitting next to somebody who's worked their ass off to get there and I've just I've just kind of you know I'm just I'm just punching the clock just to sort of you know earn the paycheck yeah I, I, I don't it's not like I feel like a shitty person for it but I do feel a little bit of guilt when it's like that's someone's aspirational dream that I just sort of tripped and fell into and not only that but tripped and fell and excelled at it yeah. I'm not saying I didn't work hard I studied my ass off but it came a lot easier to me than to others. Um, so yeah, but that, but that brings me on to this kind of like I I, I sometimes think that the uh, you know the old cliche of like it's the, the, it's the journey getting somewhere which is actually the kind of um, um, the reward in itself, the striving. It's 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 really interesting, man. Because like so yeah, so like I, I I've I've been through years and years since I've been to Los Angeles of just kind of like the slo- the trenches, the slog of of just auditions and it, it, it's. It, it kind of it's been an, an odd kind of step change in phase in my life because I went from being in London and having you know uh, a couple of auditions every few months if I was lucky um, uh, and some years where I maybe went out like for maybe three or four different things like paid paid roles uh, maybe even less um, to being in Los Angeles and all of a sudden it's like wow okay we're taking this person relatively seriously and I'm going out like you know dozens of times in a month um, and then sometimes periods where it's even busier, busier than that and then sometimes periods where it's a little slower and then now I've reached a point in recent weeks where there's been a big job that's landed for me and I'm I've just I was just flown out to Toronto you know business class and for a day for a table read with these wonderful wonderful actors that I really really respect Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you, you know, like you want, you want. Um, what am I trying to say? I, theoretically, in this kind of culture which we have, which is, um, it's all about this goal, it's this dream of achieving something. Um, 
you want the you, you you would assume that everybody that's at that top tier that has achieved it should be incredibly happy and completely complacent. Yeah. But then why you know like I think it's an interesting phenomenon that we propagate this idea. Um, and yet the people who seem who seemingly like the wealthiest and most successful in, in their field, certainly within entertainment, tend to be publicly at least, sort of not not that not the happiest and not the um um I, I I've been thinking a lot about that just because creatively right now, I'm in a I'm I'm just in such a fortunate place and such a, a, a fortunate position, um, and for me, I think a big part of um, staying present and um, happy is just remembering that that's remember being grateful and and and, and um, um, remembering um, remembering remembering each phase of how I got there. That's something I really don't want to I don't want to lose. I really appreciate how. Uh thoughtful you are about this whole process and how I think it's selfish though man because like I mean, <laughs> no it is because it's about my own joy do you know what i mean it's about my own joy um I, I, it's, it's it's so so in a way it's like you know yeah cool like i can i can sound like a bit hippie about it and be like oh yeah I, you know i want to stay but it's still about you but it but it, i still it's about it's it's just about um it, yeah it, it, not losing the novelty of how wonderful an opportunity like that is yeah, I think that's very easy to do. That's that that that, that that's something that I'm cognizant of in in, in myself. Uh, I think it's incredibly. I feel I feel privileged and special being in your presence right now because you can impart onto the listener who might be an aspiring creative. You are at this bizarre nexus of the universe where time space has stopped for you because there is a there potentially potentially there is a pre chris webster and there's a potentially a post chris webster at the moment that we sit right here due to this amazing opportunity that you've just uh potentially knock on wood uh embarked upon um can you see the forest from the trees at this point and see like yeah yeah totally yeah it's you know like i i I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I've, I've landed. I've landed a, a great role. It's really good for me, and it's with some wonderful, really good people, really good actors, and good human beings. And I'm just so stoked to be a part of it. That you know. That said, you know, I don't know how it's going to be received. I don't know how I'm going to be received. You know, it's all it's all up in the air. So it's just. I think what I was trying to get at just now was just like, just, just I just, for, for for now. I don't want to be thinking about like the, what's post Chris Webster. Do you know, what mm-hmm, I mean? mm-hmm, like I, 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 that's not relevant. Like, like, like for me, what's relevant is like you know who is Chris Webster right in this moment now, and um, and and how do I ha- how do I have the best time possible, and how how do I conduct myself in the in the best manner? <laughs> yeah, so you're not you're not thinking like ah yep there we are Marquis and I get a Marvel pick. <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, like, of course I fucking am. Of course I fucking am. But I don't like that part of me. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, I, I don't like that part. Of me. Like, like, and whenever, whenever it shows up, there's just this like tired old man voice in me. That goes, Chris, like, Shut up, on, man. Like, it's not. About that. That, you, you know, and, and, and so for me, being an actor, I have this theory, Austin, that like, like, like in uh, 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 that. 
you know, because we get this bad rep of like we're all these awful like egotists and stuff. And of course we are. Like, of course, like you know, you don't get into this career if you're not somebody who at some point. Yeah, you has, don't. You, you don't run for president. You don't run for president right. Trump, unless exactly. you've got like right, right, some right. chip on I, your I shoulder. Love Barack Obama. Yeah, like, but like, I'm he sure clearly has a fucking ego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so there's the there's an old adage that you never find an actor with a happy childhood. So, <laughs> there's, there's, there's this idea that you know, like you're. you're always out there for that like oh love me love me you know like validate me um that said i have i have a loftier theory about this right and 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 i think that uh, if you if you indulge me for a second um and just kind of uh, believe that i know we are all on some sort of a uh, a path of, of of sorts whether that be scientific materialistic uh, materialistic or you know spiritual or whatever i i think that actors in many ways are on a course specifically like almost perfectly designed to destroy the ego that to to keep sane and do well in this job i think you have to transcend the ego um well because of the innate nature nature of the re- constant rejection the rejection the uh, scrutiny um and that ultimately you you're it's it's never about you. It's never about who you are. It's the it, it, you know it, the audience's interpretation of of of, of character is ne- it's it's got very little to do with um, who you might be. Like I like to think I'm quite a nice person, but I get cast often as very intense, terrible people because I have a I have a an intensity to yes me, yeah um, and a directness i think and a germanic kind of face <laughs> which, which doesn't help um so yeah so i i don't know so i i think los angeles in many ways right now is this kind of like um perfect um wrecking ball the anvil upon which the the, the you know the, the human ego can be fucking like hammered out right because um certainly that's been my case i know i'm a better person now as a consequence of three years four years of sort of solid going out and no no not this time not you you know and um just getting over that yeah but yet balancing it with the still like still like i'm i'm pretty hot shit i'm pretty hot shit okay that guy doesn't think so but he's just dumb he's just dumb um or 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 like they they just don't get it they don't get my art um is this, is this conversation going where you wanted it to I, no it's going it's going in a better it's going in a better uh a better it's going in a way different place because you're way more thoughtful and introspective <laughs> than the cle- I again I just keep I just keep harping on Hollywood tropes I'm a New Yorker I don't really do the acting thing I got a couple friends who are actors yeah. and they're on TV and stuff like that and they're just like hey we're, yeah, we act on TV it's our day job right, 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 right. Um, right. and uh, it, it's it's refreshing to see someone who's like oh no 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 it's it's this anvil upon which you are hammered <laughs> oh, uh, also by the way like Russell Brand. also also by the way uh, <laughs> yes I want a Marvel movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> who's your favorite oh but does Hollywood have enough room for yet another another, another buff attractive Chris with a cool accent <laughs> Because what do we got? We got we got the Pratt, we got the Hemsworth, we got the Pine, we got the. They're all Chris, yeah. You're yeah, right. yeah. What? Well, I should change my name. Yeah, Pratt, Pratt, Hemsworth, Pine, 
There might be one more. Oh, Chris Tucker, of course, yeah. Because you totally look like Chris Tucker. (laughs) Um, Well, let's capture the lightning in the bottle of of, uh, that that phone call that you get. And this for everyone in like, because this goes for pretty much anything. When rejection, everyone deals with rejection, 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 and then small victory, small victory, and then the potentiality of what just occurred, this big victory. Right. What? What's that punch in the gut when they're like, "Yeah, we do want to see you come to Toronto in a week." Uh, yeah, that's a good. It's a good question. Um. Is it pinch me? It's relief. Ah. For me, it was relief. Oh, curious. For How me, so? Um, man, you know, like you, you, you get, um, you question yourself. Of course you do. You would be mad to. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, 20, um, 2019, like right now, like, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough time. I feel like kind of like, um, I don't know, like I was raised, I was, my, my dad like earned a steady salary, a decent salary, you know, like, um, and like, uh, you know, like that's what work was. That's what career was. So for, for me to, I, I, I brought my wife here, you know, I brought Mackenzie and now you've, you've spoken to Mackenzie. Mackenzie's doing fantastically yeah. and, and is a f- fantastic human being I would do fantastically were I not in the picture um, but um, uh, you know I, the reason that we're here initially at least was because of me and it's you know an expensive place to live and it's a difficult place to live and we're here because of my career and so there's a great deal of um, responsibility I feel for that well, there's another. Per- you're dragging yeah. another person around. I want to have a kid. I yeah. want to own a house, and like you know, there are these things that, you know, I. You risk a lot. You risk a lot, and 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 so and you fear you that you you know you don't want to be that person who's the wrong side of whatever age waiting tables that people sort of don't say it to their face but quietly like you know and you know as they walk away like say oh gosh it's sad isn't it like yeah you don't want to be that person um and 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 you really do i do you know like i i have worried at points that that might be my fate um and my manager you know he's a guy called brady and he's a one of one of the kindest best human beings uh, that I've met and and I came to this city never thinking in a million years I'd land with somebody like him you know the cliche of the kind of Hollywood trope is that you know it's a snake pit well he isn't like that at all and I once called him you know you can tell him it upsets me or or like you know it's 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 difficult it's 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 um frightening for me and I called him up once sort of in floods of tears and I was just like I'm so sorry I just feel like I'm letting you down like I you know I feel like I should have booked by now. I need to earn you some money. And I'm frightened that I'm going to die like before I get to fulfill this potential of mine. And he said to me, your potential, Chris, is first of all, he's like, you could die at any point. <laughs> your, your potential is what your wife thinks of you and who your friends are and your, you know, your regard within that community and the people that love you. I've got plenty of money. Don't fucking worry about me. And so... 
so I remember the relief I felt after that phone call with him. I've never told him actually how much that meant to me, but the relief I felt then was similar to when that I got the phone call, funnily enough, from, from him and my agent, Lindsay, who's a very good friend of his and, and is a, a very lovely woman, uh, saying, hey, yeah, you know, you, you got this. Um, so, yeah, shock, surreal, um, but... The, the the biggest emotion was was relief and vindication of sorts a vindication of sorts that's that's the ego again yeah. you're like yeah they were all wrong you'll see now but not in like a malicious way but more like in a fulfillment way yeah um and then how long does that take to wear off to you're like oh shit now I gotta learn the line to go to the table read. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like it never stops because, <laughs> yeah, because then you, 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 you have another panic moment. Anxiety isn't. Oh, they're not gonna pick me. Or, N- now it's oh, now I'm it's. Gonna get oh my god, I'm sitting in a room with yeah. A and B and C and X and Y, and it's directed it's by no Z, no and I've. Oh god. Yeah, oh. Oh god. Do I actually? Did I actually want this in the first place? So I I, <laughs> I heard that voice yesterday at the table right. in my head, and I I just did away with it. I was like man you know this might this might be it this might be the only opportunity I uh-huh. get, you know so like I'm just gonna have a blast and I had a lot of fun and it was really nice because a couple of people came up to me afterwards and said I could tell that you really enjoyed doing that I was, you know, was was the okay again I am just operating in these tropes and cliches because if there's one thing LA media likes to do it's to portray itself in LA media right so <laughs> I I you never get more billboards anywhere else about shows than in Los about, Angeles it's just because it's like, hey, hey. What we're doing. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, look, uh, Fosse Verdon, <laughs> Golden Globes, whatever. Uh, but you got the, you got the, um, you got that picture of the table read, and you know, it's the actors are sitting around with their name cards and their their bottles of water, yeah. and then. The writers and the producers and the director, the directors at the table, and everyone else is sitting around, and all the assistants are sitting around in the background with like their notepads. And yeah. and is that real? Yeah, it's all real. That's really how it happens. I've never been to one until yesterday. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you were excited too. You're like, oh shit, that room actually looks like that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 surreal. Hey, well, okay, well, okay. Now here's something really interesting that I never really thought about. In essence, by consuming media, you are hardwired to these cultural social cues and norms that will occur should you reach each subsequent phase right. of the acting career right. because you're already acclimatized to being so way yeah yeah, yeah it's it, wow it's very meta because you're you're acclimatized to being the clumsy waiter who just really wants to act cuz I'm actually a clumsy waiter who really wants to act <laughs> and you see that on, and then you get the table read and you're you know the up and coming star you get to sit down next to in 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 the movie it's called Mr. Smitherson, but clearly that's supposed to be, you know, De Niro in the movie. And like, Mr. Smitherson, I loved your work. And he brushes you off, and you're like, oh, well, no, I'm just going to go and we're just going to slay this line. I'm going to kill this line. Do it, do it, do it. Right? So, in essence. You, you're literally describing what happens. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just saying we're all, I guess. Wow, which came first? Are we prepped for those tropes because we've seen them so many times, or does yeah, do people yeah. do just naturally re- do they reinforce? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because yeah, that, that's the thing. I think we're at a point 
you know, within our culture now, where that's probably happening, where it's become it's becoming a self fulfilling prophecy. You have to, you will behave in that situation because you've seen how it has been portrayed as behavior, where you're in there and you're like, you know, um, you know, what is it that some at the end everyone says basically the same the same euphemisms with different vocabulary like. I, I just found it so so scintillating. Oh, you found it scintillating? I found it spectacular. You found it, you know? <laughs> excellent job, excellent job. Great job, everyone. Great job. That's a wrap. <laughs> Did that stuff happen? Um, I, it, it wasn't quite as um, entourage. Okay, as, as, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. It okay. was, it was, it was uh, yeah, you know, it, it's... Um, I'm working on a project which, you know, there's a lot of money at stake. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it, it becomes, it's this strange amalgamation of, um, I think that's one thing, that's that's a big difference and perhaps something maybe of interest to you is is that like, um, to go from like passion projects that you do with your friends, short films and that sort of stuff, or um, even like an independent movie or a play somewhere quite respected, to a big budget production, you know, television film production um that it, it it's it's art meets kind of corporate um funding you know and 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 so um uh, it, there's a formality to it which doesn't exist uh, in other when you're throwing together your student film in a backyard right and maybe maybe there's a casting director that comes to your play or something like that and you want to be like oh oh i'm terrible Oh, so and so's here, and she cast so and so. So, Becky, I'm I'm so you know so pleased that you came. Thank you so much. Oh, that's very kind of you. So it was good. You know, like there's perhaps there's a formality there. But when you're when you're sitting you know in a room with numerous people, which you know, um, I don't know if you want to get like if you if you listen to the kind of career brain, uh, it's like oh wow, this person could really pop my career, or maybe they could have a word with so and so. Like you know. Um, there's a lot more seemingly at, at, at stake um, and it's just it's it's a, I would say it's a more formal um, business like uh, in, in environment which is something that like, as I say it was my first table read yesterday I, I wasn't entirely uh, prepared for um, but rolled with it um, yeah I, I, the, the way I saw it was like hey you know I've been I've been taken on to play X role, you know, and so I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read that to the best of my ability. That's my job in this room. And just just do that and That's, be nice to everybody. <laughs> just be friendly. And yeah, say, thanks. I, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you, uh, the, to have that seat at the table, there has to be some level of gratitude. Um, why are all of your people taking our people's jobs? <laughs> Why, 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 why is it like you know you'll be watching, uh, and I'm I'm say, I'm saying that snidely, but I actually do mean it. Is there something in the work ethic or something? Because like I'm like, yeah, I love that guy, and then he opens his mouth. I'm like, he's British. The fuck, he's British. Wait, he was playing a southern gangster. How the hell did he? Why couldn't they find a southern gangster to a guy, a southern guy to play that? Wait, okay, what's your theory on it? Why? And by your people, I mean Australians also. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> um, I, uh, I, th- I think it's. Um, the, I think the key distinction is in the states. You guys believe, um, or there's a there's a there's a um, pre- presiding theory um, that 
uh, acting is just art. Uh, it's an innate art, and um, you can wing it. And there's something unique about who you are um, as a person that Joe Bloggs from the street can just walk in and just like book that series leading role. But in actual fact, in Britain, there's a uh, we, we we have a great. Um, heritage of theatre and theatre is incredibly technical filmmaking is actually incredibly technical I mean the amount of times like you can be you can be the next James Dean and how kind of like you know you're daring me a boy you know like you can get all that internal struggle and be as method as you like but if you're not hitting your fucking cue no one's going to see you you know like so so there are technicalities that that, like they're they're both very technical mediums and I, I my suspicion is that one of the things that American producers, directors, casting directors like is that what's well, a number of things um, we show up on time more often I think uh, because we're way more grateful to be there because we're used to paying for our own rail fare when you book a BBC drama which is actually something that happens oh like you could be on Downton Abbey no frills yeah, you yeah, could yeah. be on Downton Abbey yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. I- I'll see I'll see you yeah. there next week and you're like how they're like I don't know yeah, just yeah, get yeah. there get down here yeah, yeah no, that's really <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so um, so uh, you expect less um, uh, and expect less glamour, but also we have a legacy of training, and and so it's about you know it's just daft things like projection and clarity and um, discipline of like training accents, dialects, that sort of stuff. I mean, also there's 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 things that Americans can't help that, that such as like you know hey, it's not your fault that you're culture has been dominant for the past hundred years so we tend to be able to do your accent quite well because we grow up listening to all your movies and all that sort of stuff whereas Britain I mean like good luck trying to do a convincing British accent because we have a different accent for every single town exactly I mean as as Maria will tell you um, like you know Britain and you know Anglophile Britain kind of cultures Britain based cultures or former colonies whatever you can um you, you can't just tell where someone's from. I mean, you tell how much money they have. Like, it's weird. Yeah. The cast is... Oh, yeah. And so it's very difficult to, as, a, as, an, as, as an outsider to, to replicate that. Um, and also uh, the dumbest reason as well, which is just you lot think that our accents are nice and that because you used to be a colony and I think there's some sort of weird kind of... Like, <laughs> <laughs> still the boss! <laughs> kind of weird fetishization. Weird, like, Stockholm like, syndrome. Like, like, like half submissive, half dominant. It's like, oh, spank me, daddy. But also at the same time, uh, we won. We won. We won. <laughs> but I just sort of want you to treat me naughty with that yeah, naughty, yeah. that naughty little accent. Why do you love the like all, all Americans like love the royal family? And oh, stuff. I can't. I can't. No, I can't fucking understand that one. I remember being in college, right, and there was this one guy, and all the girls were like. Uh, and I'm not saying I was hyper attenuated to it at that time, but I still I could still tell. Eight now I can tell like I can tell more or less where on the British or Irish islands you are from, yeah. more or less. Sometimes, if it's particularly distinctive, I could tell from the actual city. Right? Yeah. Can I em- emulate any of them? 
absolutely not. I cannot do it. Do you do that? Do you do that thing where you sort of like um, you try and casually go? So uh, whereabouts in England are you from? And sort of look a bit smug that you like. No, no. I I usually I usually don't because I I usually already know well enough that I'm not even going to try to bother because like it'll come out organically. Um, But I remember like being in college and there's this guy and he is just like. He was mediocre. He weren't no uh, Chris Webster, if you know who I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, all the girls are like, oh my God, his accent is so sexy. He sounds so educated. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's from Liverpool. So <laughs> so I so I'd watch I'd watch the rims on your Toyota Camry and I'd watch I'd watch your wallet on the way out the door. That's a terrible stereotype. <laughs> and my family are from Liverpool. So yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> all of my all of my scouse friends are like, I'm like where you get that TV? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, how do you have a country home in Spain? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, are you playing this up or are scouts actually like that? And he's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, is this, oh! Is this going to transfer in, in any way to the audience? I'm going to know what is. Uh, yes, we actually have a pretty good listenership in Britain oh, and hello. Australia hello, and Singapore right. and then an enormous listening in Vaclav, Poland. I don't know why, <laughs> but hello, Vaclav, Poland. Yeah. yeah. Um no, I, we we have a fairly cosmopolitan listenership because we have conducted interviews in Indonesia and Singapore and Malaysia and like fifteen states and a lot of guests have been English, Irish, Scottish, Australian. So here yeah, we're all over the place. So, well, let me turn it around on you. Oh shit, I'm not prepared for this, you, but let's go. You asked me what it felt like to get that phone call of at least sort of temporarily kind of like, hey, you know, you, you're doing this, like you're actually doing this. Well, how does it feel to, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to run a successful podcast to become a successful podcast. So like, what do you like, was there, a, was, there a, was there a moment for you where you were like, hey, I'm doing this and this is actually something that's... Chris, that was this morning. Really? This morning, I I interviewed Alex Trebek yeah. for my podcast, uh, and that was that was my. This is happening. Is this because ha- there's two? There's is this happening? To this is happening. To there's three actually. It's is this happening? To this is happening. To this is happening. Yes. Like like because the first one is like. Is this the real life? Did I actually do that? To yes, I did. To wow, that's really weird. I did do that. So this morning was I interviewed Alex Trebek for my podcast, and we had an absolutely amazing conversation because we did not talk about health and we did not talk about Jeopardy because all of those things are on the record. Mm-hmm. If you want to know that, you can read it and see countless interviews. Instead, we sat down and we talked man to man about his love of home improvement, wrecking out walls, building bathrooms, uh, fixing leaks, and then we talked about his love of um Yorkshire of all places and the Moors and the Brontes and stuff like that and uh, and his uh, it was in his home his his uh, w- wife uh, came and uh, greeted us and everything and then um, got a good handshake we talked cars a little bit in the driveway and then took off and I'm like did this happen? Mm-hmm. This happened. This happened. And obviously, at time of this taping, since this just literally happened this morning, uh, this has not yet aired. But that might be the 
that might be my table read right there. Because yeah. I did it. I got the table read done. I winged it. It felt good. I was really gracious and happy to be there. Now when this goes to air, that's when we find out, like you said, there's a big budget behind this, but does anyone like it? Will it go anywhere? Will it change my podcast from being the little like humble one it is right now to a bigger one? Do I get a corporate sponsor out of this? Do I get a bigger corporate sponsor out of this? Do I get full-time production staff? Does the production rate, or do I still keep it intimate? Because this is what I like. This is this is my craft, which well, you're very good at it. Well, it's not what. Thank you, but it's not something I. This was something that we dreamed up, my producers and I dreamed up with, to bide our time between filming television pilots. I just feel like I owe it to your audience to tell them that, like, having a conversation with you, like, is... Austin has a very sort of hypnotic quality. <laughs> to, like you, we, we actually are having a proper. We are, we are, and that's why I. Present. This is why I like doing this in person, like this, because it it. I've done a couple over the phone. It doesn't work mm. because it's it, it just rings hollow and doesn't feel hollow because we're not actually engaging with one another and mm. looking into his piercing blue beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we've had a lot of eye contact. I know we've had a lot of eye contact. I, 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 I tell you for, for one thing, just because we've talked about it, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I, I, I think don't it, care if it's. Weird. I think no. I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> as I as, as I look as I look to the, the, the top left, is. like the top yeah. left was it was it like if you look if you look in the top right, it's you're lying. You look in the top <laughs> yeah, left, you're yeah, recalling. Look bottom right. You, you just stole something. Um, no, <laughs> I don't know what they are. I don't think they actually are real things, or maybe they are. I don't know. Whatever. Um, words. Oh yeah, yeah. So this was my table read. So now I have to go put it out there and see if it works. But this is my craft, my art, and I did not. I fell into this. So on your underwhelming flight home, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, and that's the other thing. Some of the least expected interviews I've done have been the, the the ones that have been one the most well received and two the ones I've liked the most where I'd be like okay yeah I'm just gonna go through the motions with this person who does this weird obscure career and five minutes into it I'm like this is the most fascinating human being and you actually fall into that category because I'm like Meh. California actor, here it comes. <laughs> and, um, I think Mercury's in retro. <laughs> <laughs> is that what oh, you're pretty much. You are definitely. Oh, I have not aired Ollie's yet, so uh, everyone is going to be in for a surprise, and Ollie might get fired. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, he's got a new job now, so he can't. He can't get fired from that one. I don't think. Uh, we, we will. Did he ever tell you he got? He denies that he did this. Do you know the story about how he fell asleep during a job interview? No. No, no he, he fell... So, he, you know, he's been in recruitment. And so, like, he, he told me once that he got let off because um, <laughs> he was supposed to be interviewing this, like, guy for a new CEO position. And he'd been out the night before. And he said, I was just resting my eyes, Chris. <laughs> he just <laughs> fell asleep during the interview. And the bloke came out fucking fuming, as you would be. And was like... Who's this geezer? Why is he 23? And why is he asleep? Like, I demand someone else to interview me. I don't care if you think this. Like, yeah. And Ollie got let off. And again, I, I cried when I... <laughs> All right, hold I, on. I, 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 can't, I can't hear my um, uh, oh. headphones, by the way. I hope that's not... Is that of... better? Yeah. You're better there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it's better? Y- yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, hold on. Just I'm going to put a clap here so I remember to edit that Ollie part out. Stop. Jesus Christ. 
Shut up. Um, but yeah, I sort of fell into this podcast thing because like you, I had a rejection. I have a pilot sitting on the shelf right now filmed with a major cable television network. Huh. Hundreds of thousands of, no, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars were spent. We filmed it entire 14 hour day, three reality style, but three cameras, uh, a, a DP, an assistant director, a director, uh, several producers. How long, uh, how long is it? We, we filmed it uh, over... Like 30 minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a long day. Yeah, it was a, lo- it was a long day. It was a very long day because uh, it was about uh, automobiles because I'm a, I'm a car nut. So we ended up having to drive different cars around in different permutations and different shapes and forms. You know, like the car's got to come around this corner and the car's got to come around that corner and the car's got to come out of this garage and into that barn and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And so it was a lot of stuff to do. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I had no idea. It was just sort of something I sort of tripped into and I fucking loved it. And there it is. And I, I only saw like a preliminary cut of the pilot and then apparently they recut it and made it even better. One of my producers was like, I have never seen... Uh, a first-run pilot cut that well. How can this not sell? And it's out there. It's just sitting out there. People have gone. People have passed. People have maybe. Some people haven't seen it yet. And uh, that that's my, like... That's my albatross. No, albatrosses were bad things. That's my Maltese. No, nah, Maltese Falcon was a dumb thing. But that's my, I don't know, what's the thing that you just keep doing? Uh, um, dragon? No, that's heroin. Well, I know what you mean, though. Sort of like, that's the dragon you want to slay. Yeah, that's, right. that's the one that I'm like, on the back kind of. I'm like, come on, man, it's made. Why can't you guys just go out there and sell it? Oh, just sell it. Right. And even if it even if it runs like five episodes and get canceled, I'm cool with that. I mean, you do that thing as well, I mean, like where everyone's just like, it's the golden age of television right now. You know, yeah, there's so much content being created. Oh, how do you watch like, it? Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you just... Or, or yeah, if there's all this buying going on, then like, you well, know, like, you know... What, well, fucking make it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or, or conversely, who's going to watch it? Yeah. Or then there's the tertiary is like who cares who watches it just make it and someone will buy ads for it it doesn't matter <laughs> maybe you can always tell that yeah if that's been the intent behind something i think you can always tell, you can always tell if it's a cheap cash grab um well like cars by the way sorry i should tell you i i, uh, I have a 67 mustang did mckenzie tell you that she did yeah. i have a 89 honda civic station wagon very nice that's my uh that's my dream car I also have a BMW 7 Series, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> and I also rented a Tesla while I'm doing this. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I quite like Tesla. It's okay. It's okay. It's really competent. It's really good. And it's really comforting how amazingly car-like it is. Right. Without, there's no... There's no non-car aspect of it. Everyone's like, it's driving the future. I'm like, no, it's driving a natural linear prode- pro- uh, yes. a progression of the automotive sort of mindset yes. in that it's a personal vehicle and it goes a very nice long distance and it's easy to operate and it's got modern conveniences. But it wasn't like, this is the future, 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 future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's a really good car. Yeah, I was struck. I've only been inside one like once, and but my friend uh, uh, has one, and she pulled up, and I got inside, and I just was just like struck by the kind of the lines, 
yeah. and the glass, yeah. you know, and the big screen. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, this is kind of cool, yeah. and curves or whatever. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's yeah. cool, but it's, kind of it's sterile it's, kind of yeah. report. Kind of yeah, but it's not a, it's not a, I, I mean, it's, it's a revolution in that it's an evolution because now I, by being so decidedly car like, because it is a car, but be, by be, being so decidedly without histrionics and fanfare, it gives me uh, hope for the mainstream acceptance of the electric car. And then that means we get to keep our super cool cars for the weekend and take them out because everyone else can do electric during the day, during the, during the uh, blah, 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 blah. And then we could collect a nice cool collection of petrol cars yeah, yeah, yeah. and have them gas on guzzlers. yeah gas guzzlers and have them on a weekend without feeling bad because yeah, like yeah. I went for a joyride in the Tesla and I'm like uh, I don't I don't feel bad but if I go for a joyride in my BMW which gets the greatest of 16.9 miles per gallon right i feel sort of guilty like just going up and like driving up the hudson river just for fun because i'm like i just watch i'm like i'm just burning gas but going for a joyride in tesla i'm like i'm just taking the battery down and i'll just charge it later yeah Yeah. um wow we have grossly overstayed our welcome and gone very long which is fine because we'll just you know what if you're still listening I love you. And if you're not, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Mr. Chris Weber. Weber. Oh my. We've been we've been talking for so long. I I'm, I'm I'm thinking he's a former Formula 1 driver. Right? Wasn't Chris Weber a Formula 1? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a Formula 1 driver. Yeah, yeah. The incredibly talented and surprisingly heartfelt and very introspective and I have a feeling immensely successful to be actor. Chris Webster. Thank you very much. Thank you, Austin. This has been A Lot to Learn with Austin Rogers. I am Austin Rogers. A Lot to Learn has been produced by myself, Austin Rogers, alongside Maria Gibson and Limitless Media. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on patreon.com slash Austin Rogers. You can follow me on the Instagram at Augra27, on the Twitter at Austin Tylero. You can donate money, and you can find me at the Gaff West in Wayland, bartending and hosting trivia and all that kind of good stuff. I really appreciate everyone listening to me. Sorry I took a couple weeks of a break, but uh, we're back into the swing of things. And if you got any suggestions for new episodes, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm looking forward to it. Have a great day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.